Hey everyone, this is Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks and we decided to do another chat about the best thinking on surviving couplehood with conscious coupling. So many partners have shared their relationship difficulties with us during quarantine and we're about to open up about some principles to keep in mind, for success that is. My guest, just like last week, is a resiliency specialist. He's the psychologist, Dr. Michael Marks, chief exec of One Tree Learning and a professor of practice at the University of Arizona. And aside from this academic credential, we live and work together in the beautiful Southwest with our shared three-year-old ragdoll cat, Sophia. <laughs> and she's not here right now. Welcome, Dr. Michael. Thank you very much. Good to be back with you. So let's get right into it. While these confining times are certainly a challenge and even a crisis, we've also seen a great opportunity for couples to refine their philosophies of relationship as well as their skill sets for living with maximum love and minimum stress. So we've compiled just a few to chat about. We won't say how many, but let's see what we can cover in this next episode of Staying Sane in an Insane World. As a couple. As a couple. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> so first and foremost in our list is the concept of appreciation, mm -hmm. sometimes known as gratitude. Sometimes um, there's an overlap. What do you think? Well, I think appreciation, when I think of appreciation, it's much like we were talking about last week in terms of flexible mindset. It's appreciating individual differences that you and I are different people. We have different experiences. We're different genders. So we have a different perspective uh, just based on that, let alone other life experiences. So I think being able to really appreciate in the partner that they are different than us. They mm -hmm. aren't just like us. And a lot of times where people uh, get into conflict is they want their partner to be like them yeah. rather than just stop in saying, I really appreciate this person just for who they are uh, and their own unique way of looking at the world. It's wonderful to have the complementarity. Some people insist on similarity but if one can appreciate the complementarity that you can do things that I can't do and vice versa or won't do or don't like, then we can get to appreciation. Mm -hmm. And the place where I think it's, it, it sort of overlaps with gratitude is it, it sort of kind of sets the stage for positivity. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe all these things do as as gratitude does, you know, so even if you're in a grouchy place, a grouchy mood, things haven't been easy, things have been more complicated and perhaps stressful, that if we can sit back and even just initially, even if it feels mechanical, just to enumerate what we're grateful for, again, we can shift that mindset. Right. And all the neurochemistry that goes along with it to a more positive space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And that brings us to another facet of that um, appreciation aspect. 
And that's the facet of respect. Right. Well, encapsulated in appreciation is a respect for the other person and their perspective. That when we're able to do that, we actually get a, a larger view of the world, of ourselves, and even the situation we're in in terms of uh, being um, being sheltered in place for now we're going on almost six months. And so being able to respect that you see things different from from your life experience. You grew up in New York. I grew up in rural America. And so just that as a uh, different perspective and being able to respect that and how uh, you enrich my life by bringing that. But I have to be open to that, which means I have to respect that uh, and respect you and how you see the world. Doesn't mean I always agree with it. Doesn't mean I always see it the same way. But if I can respect that you see that differently, it sets up a whole different mood and different mindset in terms of how we can relate to one another. And it also is expectation. So I don't expect you to do as I do or to see it as I do. But there's something that we like to call the emotional bank account, how important it is for every individual in relationship, but particularly in intimate relationship, to know that they that there is respect. Right. It's again, this atmosphere of positivity includes respect because when we don't feel respected, there's some element of not feeling safe, right? right. And right. also not feeling um, whole or that our, um, that our feelings are not um, important. Yeah, and even and not being appreciated for that, that point of view. Uh, which then, of course, if we don't feel appreciated, we're going to be defensive, we're going to be argumentative, we're going to be judgmental uh, towards the person that uh, we don't feel is appreciating us. So that that becomes a setup for conflict uh, rather Negativity than... Negativity. Yeah, exactly. And gratitude, you know, you're using that word. When we're, we're in a place of gratitude... I feel grateful and joyful that you do have a different perspective because that opens up the world to me uh, rather than getting stuck in my own little narrow way of thinking about things. Well, that's like turning it on its head. So whatever it is, like we can say even about this time, this time was so confining and so limiting. And yet so many of us have agreed that it has given us an opportunity, an incredible opportunity to experience whole new internal worlds, I guess we can say. Right, right. <clears throat> and I think it it it's kind of forced us, if you will. You know, we can have all these kind of other distractions. I can go to the university. I can go to uh, working with the, the one gym. tree. I can go to the gym. <laughs> now you can go to the gym. <laughs> now I can go back As to of the today, gym. Right. I get to go gym. back to the gym. But I can be be involved in my projects. I can be involved in the the one tree learning institute which are all important things, but this, this way, because we are confined 
and in each other's space a lot, really, and I hate to use the word force, it's more an opportunity to really explore, you know, what a relationship is about, what we do, um, how our different perspectives both match uh, and, and work well together and intertwine with each other, and then also places where it may cause some conflict and then and then having an opportunity to really um exercise boundaries exercise boundaries. okay Good and one. also have <laughs> more even more clear how about this more clear self-definition absolutely yeah. yeah and that's part of boundaries and you know what what is inherent in this part of the discussion is the whole idea about living separate lives when we're together. We kid around about the cat, that she has a life of her own just because we want her to do something. It doesn't necessarily mean that she agrees. She has her boundaries and her need for space. And so do we in different ways. And I think that's circle back to respect. Yes. And I'm reminded of... um, you know, the Gibran poem about marriage. Oh, where, read that. Read yeah, that. And, and where basically at the end of it, he, he says, give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadows. So we need that space and to be able to respect that. It doesn't have to mean, you know, that there's some problem in the relationship. That the the separateness, um, somewhere in the poem, he says, let the, let the winds of heaven dance between you. That's a phrase I was going to put at the end of this. Oh, okay. Because I love that, let yeah. the winds of heaven dance between you. And so the beauty of slight separations is it, there's a lot to it, but one of the things is about the contrast. And when you allow that to happen, you create a little contrast in the relationship. So one person goes off and has whatever the adventure in their own space was or is, like a couple with whom I work, and that she wants to watch something during the day, and he doesn't want to watch it at night when they have shared TV time. So she goes to do that, and he goes on another internal adventure. By the end of the day, when they get together for dinner, they have something to share with one another as opposed to living so close that there's nothing. You've seen couples in restaurants sometimes sitting there for an hour, an hour and a half and not speaking at all. There's nothing to say. Right. Well, there's nothing to talk about. Anymore. (laughs) And then there's also a feeling of safety to be able to, you know, sometimes you hear the expression, we can be together in a comfortable silence. Right. That's a really safe kind of thing that we don't have to worry about what's not being said or reactive to what is being said, just to be. Well, I think that fits into, again, the kind of expectations that we bring to a relationship, that we should have these intimate conversations all the time. Um, You know, there are all kinds of different ways that we then uh, put pressure on ourselves. 
and and it's already a stressful enough situation. So I have this ex if I have a certain expectation for you, and I haven't really examined that. How realistic is that? Is that expectation perhaps a violation of um, our agreement in terms of boundaries? So it sets up a place where there's a greater opportunity for conflict, tension, and not feeling um, safe. And that's because sometimes people forget to communicate the expectation right. or not even the expectation, the desire. Right. So I would love to bring in a home-cooked meal by somebody else tonight. And I get all attached to that expectation. You may have another expectation about cooking something yourself or going out and bringing, you know, bringing something else in. So I think that it's critically important that we always remember that if we have an expectation, the most compassionate thing to do and the most self-protective thing to do is to bring it up when it's not emergent, when it's not an emergency, when it's not urgent, but it's something that we're already thinking about. So, hey, this is what I might be thinking about for tomorrow, mm -hmm. which is another piece mm -hmm. of having enough respect for our partner that we don't have this demand for immediacy but rather we can recognize our impulses in ourselves and give ourselves time and give our partners time. Well, one of the things, and you mentioned this word before, and it'd be actually a good topic to delve in uh, even further, is compassion for the other person, uh, compassion for ourselves, and then compassion for the relationship and how we have, uh, how we demonstrate compassion uh, in those realms. I like putting the relationship as its own thing. It's neither you nor me. Let's come back to that. Let's use that as a launching point for our next half. Okay. See you on the other side. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Andrea Gold-Marks, and I'm here with Dr. Michael Marks. Hi. And, uh, I, and we have the wonderful opportunity to chat together about um, conscious coupling in during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, conscious coupling during quarantine. And we were just talking about some of the qualities, some of the shared um, expectations that go into it. And we left off in the last part about we're like the parents of the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's neither all Michael or all Andrea. We've got a, a hybrid here, and this is the relationship. So what I'm really saying is that the relationship has life of its own, and we are the guardians of that life. Right. I, I always think of it, and this again is that separation, is <clears throat> I'm responsible for me, you're responsible for you, and I am responsible for that relationship as are you. That's where our responsibility comes together. But I don't expect you to be responsible for me 
nor do you expect me to be responsible for you. That's our individual stuff. Well, that's a that's a concept that's really important to understand because what can tear a couple apart is that it's a you versus me right. without the grounding force of the relationship. And if a couple wants the relationship to continue, and parenthetically, there are many couples who are ambivalent who don't necessarily want the relationship to continue and are only too happy for conflictual episodes to prove that they're married to the <laughs> right. wrong person. Right. But if they want that relationship, if we want a relationship to thrive, then there's a third place that needs to be um, considered. Right. And the internal question for each person is, is this going to benefit the relationship? Is this argument going to benefit the relationship? Right. Is this polarity going to benefit the relationship? And many polarities are good in that they clarify things. So we're able, people are able, I don't like the word compromise so much, but okay, manage, compromise, navigate the difference. Because a couple that does manage to navigate the difference can come up with a stronger understanding of each person's contribution and the resiliency of the marriage itself. And I think, and I'm, I'm thinking of the work of, of the Gottmans, you know, and, and people don't like hearing this kind of thing. But as you were saying, is, is this worth impacting the relationship? You know, is this conflict I'm having, um, is it worth it? And, and people don't, you know, like to think about that social exchange theory is I'm not going to fight with you about this because it's not going to get me what I want, nor is it going to enhance the relationship. So I have a choice to make. And then that becomes my responsibility. Now, that sounds very cold hearted. And, and like I said, like social exchange theory. But that's really what it comes down to is I have to be mindful about my responsibility to that relationship. I have a good example of that and something that happens and it's corrosive and it erodes many relationships. And that's the details. <laughs> you know, like they say, God is in the details. Yeah. So is, or the devil. Or the, so is the devil in the details. And they're devilish kinds of conflicts that happen over details particularly in confinement because this you know i mean the same four six eight walls however many walls you have right. you know certainly people who are sensitive visually or who do better focus better when things are neat and orderly where somebody else might say i'm not working right now i'm entitled to be messy, I'm entitled to sleep late, I'm entitled, you know, that, that sense of entitlement. And yet it's irritating to one of the partners. Mm -hmm. There's one of the partners needs no dishes in the sink, or he needs the garage to be all well organized, or that there's not wash all over the living room floor, or whatever the issue is, you would say, well, are we really going to fight over the wash on the living room floor? or so-and-so didn't turn on the dishwasher. 
What about the details? How do you think that makes a difference? Well, I think one of, you know, we know this, you know, so you have in the midst of this confinement gotten really um, detail-oriented about the kitchen sink, which is great because I'm very detail-oriented. And so when you took that on, I really appreciated that. And rather than... And I thought I was being so obsessive right. about it. And, and I was I, like, no, good, do that more. <laughs> but it, but it, rather than being, you know, when you pointed out, you know, Michael, please do clean up the sink. You know, I was very appreciative. Um, it's one thing to clean up the dishes, but then there's the sink itself. <laughs> right, then the sink itself. So those become those those little steps where where we can... You know, I could have gotten defensive and said, well, you know, I I wash down the stove and I do this and I do and I do and I do. And so what's the sink? But rather than seeing it that way, it's like, oh, okay, this is really a great thing. So now I'm more mindful of doing that. So that, again, I think comes back to what we were talking about in the other segment of really appreciating those differences and rather than looking... Uh, for a place to defend ourselves and have a fight and have a fight it's like okay i can i can pay attention to that more that's a respect thing to know that you know the little things that set someone off sure if you know somebody well enough and you know what sets them off and you and you want the relationship to continue i keep underscoring that because so often there's an agenda Right. That you want to prove how bad the relationship is. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who want to stay together and, you know, who want to be able to build. The one thing about this time, difficult as it might be, it's sort of like being in a Petri dish, you know. And we want to see how many positive cells, how much positive growth can be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. As long as people are willing to to tackle it, and, um, and you know, I think tackle, you know, tackle is a good word, but that requires conversation. It requires courage. It requires one party being able to say, you know, what if we did this, it would really improve my mood, or you know, what it would make things easier for me, and the other person. We call it the emotional bank account, as we've mentioned before. So you do something. It's really not a terribly difficult thing to put some goodwill into the emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it, it really expands one's heart to be the recipient and also to have aspects of life already, you know, you want to appreciate it. You want to you want to appreciate it back in some way. Okay, so if this means so much to you, sure. Well, even beyond that, and I can use the kitchen sink as an example. So Everything when I, but the kitchen sink. <laughs> everything, including the right, kitchen sink. Including the kitchen sink. Is when I go into the kitchen and I see the sink cleaned up. Sparkling. <laughs> sparkling is right. I mean, it's joyful. It, gets, <laughs> it is. It's, and it's a good feeling and it creates a loving feeling towards you because I know that's important to you. 
I did that or you did it. Either way. It doesn't matter who did it, right? You're right. I right. get, I, you know, it's, so I end up getting a gift either way. Right. And so it's, you know, it ends up being this really cool thing. That's like what you <laughs> used to talk about in the resiliency training about how important it is to make the bed every morning. Right. And I'll even extend that, you know, the, the, what are the things that help us feel good. So one of the things that you pointed out a long time ago was that when people don't make their beds in the morning, it's depressing. And and it actually that disarray has an energy to it right. that can catapult, you know, through the day. But you know what else? The same is true of getting dressed and looking nice, especially mm-hmm. if you're coupled. And sometimes, you know, when people are married for a long time, they say, well, it's not so important, right? She already knows how I look and she already this or that. But the bottom line is that it's just like making the bed mm-hmm. or cleaning out the sink. Mm-hmm. It, it takes away some of the negative energy mm-hmm. It gives positive energy and it's pleasurable. Right. And we want to, include, you know, we want we want to enhance pleasure in whatever way we can. Like I always talk about how people who have pets are feeling a, a sense of pleasure, and the pets are definitely feeling a very big sense of pleasure because pets these days are getting a whole lot more attention. And um, the same thing is true, I think, of of being in nature, there's a pleasure in it. I mean, even if it's a thunderstorm, especially for us in the Southwest, there's pleasure in that. When there's the lifting of the smog from the fires, but being able to be in nature is soothing right. for our nervous systems. Right. Cooking for ourselves right. Right, right. is soothing for the nervous system. And maybe even, in, and maybe even being inspired Focusing on inspiration, where are we going to get it from? We're going to get it from the media. We're we going to get it from reading. Are we going to create something that is inspiring to us, just in terms of the activity? So, inspiration, wherever we wherever we can get it. Well, and the other I, what you mentioned, because I do a lot of uh, work online. Now, and I get up every day and and I get dressed. I put on a tie, I put on you my do. vest. You do, um, and you record. But, and I record. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, and just like, and I, and I appreciate that about you, is that you, um, you get dressed up, you know, and you look beautiful to me. And like you said, we can all frump around and I don't, you know, don't shave or don't, you know, shampoo my hair or whatever. And, you know, you know what I look like when I don't. But that, again, is a place where I can have gratitude for you and the relationship. Yeah. And I think that that overall we we have and people do in successful relationships have commitment to the growth of the other. And I think maybe next time we can go into further depth about committing to the growth and happiness of the other person. Well, we're going to sign off for now. We will continue again next week. It's wonderful talking to you, Dr. Michael. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Once the realization is accepted that even between the closest human beings, infinite distances continue to exist, a wonderful living side by side can grow up if they succeed in loving the distance between them, which makes it possible for each to see the other whole against the sky. Some wonderful words from German poet Rainer Maria Rilke. Support for this program comes from AARP Arizona, whose mission for over 60 years has been to empower people to choose how we live as we age. For more information about AARP Arizona, go to www.aarp.org forward slash AZ. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.